Have your Bibles, if you would, take them and open um, to the book of Matthew chapter 6. Very familiar passage of scripture um, as this is where Jesus um, does the Sermon on the Mount. And, and it's uh, quite a few, he, he just really opens up and just begins to spill uh, just kingdom revelation um, to those that was listening, the many that was listening to him as he was preaching. And um, out of this, because you get, it, it's not, he didn't travel from place to place. He literally just flows from one time. How would you like to have been in that? Like, so I, I, I'm one track mind. So, I, so he's, Jesus, just, his sermon was multiple things that we have taught over the years where we broke down to certain verses and taught that specifically. But Jesus just begins to pour out like from, from uh, chapter five through six and all the way through, he just, man, he just opens up and begins to teach. But, um, but he hits something and I, and I really want to hone in and focus this whole month as we're focusing on prayer. And uh, I, I know, I don't know for many of you, but I know that my prayer life hits these dry seasons where um, I have to really hone in, just keep going. You just, you never stop. But I understand every time that I come into prayer, I'm not alone. A lot of people, if you, if you don't, if you're the one that's doing all the talking or if you just soak a lot, and we call it soaking, it's just where you turn music on and you sit there and you're just quiet. It's, it's not called your quiet place. It's called a secret place, but it's not called quiet. There are seasons that we're called to soak. There's seasons that I will lay on my face, put on music, and I'll just I'll soak to music and just thinking and, and meditating. That's really more of a meditational type of thing. And we're called to meditate, but but to really meditate and, and just I'll journal more than anything. I'll just write down. I won't speak, I'll write. But predominantly for my personal prayer time is that I, I was raised, and I think you're a product of your raising, I was raised around some very, very strong prayer warriors. And I, I, I learned to hear things that didn't fully know what they meant uh, until later years in life. And then you're kind of like, well, I understand why they prayed that. But, uh, but I was raised to learn how to pray without music. Uh, and I don't think there's anything wrong with listening to music. I, I mean, you know, there's, I'll just, let me, let me give you, if you don't hear anything else, right, Monica, hear this. Find out who William Augusto is, and he will set you free. Nobody knows who he is if you listen. It, it, anyway, I, I don't, I, it's, it's just, it's just intr instrumental music, uh, and, and it, it's good for you, I promise you. You just put that on, and you're good to go. So, but, but I, when you pray, there, there, there is a format. I believe that you should have a format, and, and uh, I, Jesus lays that out for us. As we're, I'm not going to read, um, it's called, they call it in Scripture the Lord's Prayer, I don't say it's the Lord's Prayer because Jesus didn't need to pray for forgiveness of sins. So that's why it wasn't his prayer. Jesus' prayer is John 17, if you want to know his prayer. Um, but it's, he, it's a prayer for the disciples that he lays out for them, and it's a model. But um, I, listen, let me, hopefully you've, you've been able to get a hold. If you, if, you, if you didn't have it while we had it, you could purchase the book. But it's, we, we make it available from time to time. It's Secrets of the Secret Place. How many of you have bought it? And got it. How many of you started on it? Anybody? Um, it's a great resource for you to pray because your prayer life, the enemy does not sweat you a gathering in a building with saints. He doesn't. He doesn't want you to because there's strength in numbers, um, because Jesus would always retreat, but then he would always return. So you need the crowds, but you also need to learn solitude as well. But 
but when, when, you, when you pray and you're getting along by yourself and beginning to communicate and talk with God, this is the hardest thing. It's the easiest thing to do, but it's the hardest thing to do because you can't learn in the kingdom of God. I said there's a format. In the kingdom of God, that's why Jesus did not uh, follow a system as far as like, okay, this is how we're going to heal the sick. One thing that, they, that, that it always happened when he healed the sick was he laid hands on them or he spoke the word. There was one of two things, but he never prayed. He just declared. We say pray for the sick. Jesus just spoke the word. I am on that right now. I am really learning, okay, God, teach me that authority because we've been invited to the same lifestyle. I want to pray like you prayed. That's, I'm asking him, teach me, Holy Spirit, how to pray the way Jesus prayed. Because it, it, it was, there was just this unbroken communion that he walked in with the Father. And, and he demonstrated that. And you understand, in Scripture, he is our elder brother. I know he's God fully manifest in flesh. That's the Godhead. It's a mystery. But he is showing us this is how, this is how you do it. So in, in Matthew 6... And, and I'm going to read verses 5 through 8, and then I want to read it in the Amplified because I love it. Um, yeah, so here we go. Let's read it. Verse, uh, verse 5, it says, and when you pray. Does it say if? No, it says when you pray. When you pray, you are not to be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues um, and on the street corners so that they will be seen by people. Truly, I say to you, they have their reward in full. But as for you, when you pray, go into your inner room, close your door, or go into your secret place, close your door, and pray to your father. Guess what? He's there. Who is in? He's already there, and he's waiting. So when you shut that door with the intentions of getting alone, guess what? He's there. First off, you have to understand Psalms 139. God is omnipresent, which means that he's everywhere at all times. He's that big. I mean, he, that anywhere I go, he's there. So that's why we say it all the time. He cannot answer the prayer. When people pray the prayer, God be with us today, he can't answer that because he's God, right? Even 10 years down the road into the future, guess what? He's so big, he's there already. So he's omnipresent, which everywhere, not only is he omnipresent, he's omniscient. He's all-knowing. He already knows when people say, why do I need to pray? There is something, let me, let me, now this is going to be a teaching, but I'm going to break it apart and I'm going to flow from my heart because I, I want you to, you have to, a prayer is an attitude of the heart. You have to catch it. It is, it, 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 there's so much tied to it. It's a, if I could say it this way, that prayer is uncharted territory that you've yet to be discovered or you've yet to discover. You, you, you may have a format in a way that you pray, but you can't be, because just like your, your physical body has appetites. Um, where you may eat Mexican five days straight, and then you don't want it for 10 years. Anybody? Listen, I used to tear it up all the time. Now I'm done. I don't, I'm just so, I don't care. So your appetite shifts from time to time. So does your spirit, and you have to be attuned to that. Because sometimes what fed you in the last season, and it's not some church, because you're responsible to feed yourself. What are you feeding yourself? You have to be, you have to be a self-feeder, okay? I... I can give you, there's agreement in this room. I'll give you tidbits, but here's, at the end of the day, you have to feed yourself. I'm not with you five, seven days a week, right? 
So you have to learn how to self-feed. So what's feeding you right now? What uh, outside of Scripture, because that is what I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't hold a, a book and say, man, this is my truth. I, I used to see people all the time that promoted, always had a quote from somebody else and always had quotes from books, but I never saw Scripture roll out of their, out of their, their post or never saw Scripture roll out of their... You've got to let the Scripture roll out. You can't take it from context or out of context. So what you, you pull from the soul of Scripture, but there are great devotional resources uh, that, that are available to you to keep you burning. You have to keep the fire on the altar. You can't let it die out. So that's what happens when people get spiritually lethargic. They, they have no desire for the spiritual things of the kingdom of God. Most of the time, it's been because their prayer life has completely dwindled down and there's nothing there at all. I know it's, it's, that's very bold and it's straightforward, but it's the truth. But here's the deal. If you don't know how to pray, you just got to start somewhere, all right? And as you walk with him and you start building that history, it'll start to grow. But Jesus is telling them, this is the model and this is the format. And so I want to read this in the Amplified really quick. So if you would pull that up. Um, and, and I love this. I said, did I say the Amplified? I might, you know what? I'm sorry. I completely threw this the other way. Let me... I think I, I meant to put the message, so that's on me. So it's probably not going to make sense right here. Um, did you put this in? Th that was me. You copy this. Okay, good. <laughs> you covered me up. AJ, I made the mistake. So this is the message uh, version, and I love this. It says, and when you come before God, don't turn that into a theatrical production either. All these people making a regular show out of their prayers, hoping for 15 minutes of fame. Again, this is, this is Eugene Patterson. Do you think that God sits in a box seat? Here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. Be yourself is what he's saying. Just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. The focus will shift from you to God, and you will begin to sense his grace. The world is full of so-called prayer warriors who are prayer ignorant. They're full of formulas and programs and advice, peddling techniques for getting what you want from God. Don't fall for that nonsense. This is your father you're dealing with, and he knows better than you what you need. I loved, I loved that version, so I wanted to read it. And so, again, I may flow some from my notes here, but I've got some things to, to really talk about prayer. Um, but I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, but I do want to ask you the question, do you struggle to be consistent, but also to pray? Do you struggle to be consistent, but also to pray? And sometimes we may feel like that we're not effective when we pray, but let me tell you what makes your prayers effective, the heart. If you're sincere when you come, and some of us, like, well, you don't, under I come in a lot of times with guilt, condom shame, guilt and, and condemnation because I struggle from what I did from yesterday. Listen, bring all of that. Every bit of, you bring that before him, okay? Every, you bring who you are and you got to remove the mask from that place, all right? I know that we all wear masks from time to time. We want to put up that stone face. Everything's great in my world. You better fall apart when you get behind closed doors with him. You need to remove them. It's healthy for you. First off is emotionally, you have to, to be emotionally whole, you come in and you remove the mask in the place of prayer and allow him. I've been, I started praying this just recently uh, as it'll come out in my time of prayer, um, it, it, as I've started praying, Holy Spirit, 
Because I don't have time to go sit down and do a sozo. For those of you that know what that is, I don't have time to go sit down and do a, a two and a half, three hour sozo. So Holy Spirit, the Bible says that the spirit of a man is a candle to the Lord, that you search all of my inner rooms. And so I, I, you know if I've got wounds, you know if I've got junk, you know it, and I'm going to confess it if I know it's there. I'm serious. Like whatever I've struggled with, I'm telling you, when I, I'm going to air it to him. And I'm going to invite the Holy Spirit, bring your oil, because the Bible says that he's known as the healing balm of Gilead. He'll come, and wherever in my soul, your mind, your will, your emotions, that's where the war takes place. Wherever there's been unforgiveness and bitterness, first off, he's got to attack that, and I've got to remove that, because I can't move in wholeness. I've got to be whole. The goal of when I come into the presence of God is to find wholeness, so when I leave there, there's been this unbroken communication, and I built this strong History with, I'm continually building history. If you go into the prayer closet and you come out and you don't feel any different, then you might not have made, you might not have been effective in your prayer time. Now, I'm not saying it's always a feeling, but if you go in complaining and you come out uh, and, and nothing changed and you just simply went in and complained the whole time. So, I, yeah, I give things to God, but I have to listen as he speaks, but I invite Holy Spirit to come heal. He has to heal. You, um, you, can't, you, you can't find it. If you, when something bad happens, do you always pick up the phone and call a friend? Because this, I'm going to tell you, this is where I was at. Um, 2021, it was, a, it was a season where God literally stripped the relationships that I held so dear. I clenched them. You know, I'm always telling you not to hold, hold your life. I was holding. And I was in prayer, and it was in October of 2021. And the Lord spoke to me, and he said, I'm so glad to have you back. I was walking in this room, and I stopped for a moment, and he said, now it's intimacy. It's one-on-one. And for me, it clicked, and I understood, because God doesn't need a crutch. My crutch was calling somebody whenever something didn't go right, whenever something happened at the church. Hey, I, I need you. And it's like, oh, wait a second. Who am I leaning on? So for prayer... That's what it is for me. It, it becomes a life source. Prayer for the believer is like water to the fish. It is. And, and it's something that you have to grow into. It's not something that happens overnight. Because the goal of it is, is to build history. Um, prayer, I, I'm going to give you a list of things here. The first thing, simply in its simplest form, prayer is just simply conversation with God. Now, I grew up around the performance preachers. I grew up going to conferences and hearing some of the most talented uh, preachers, and I thought, man, I gotta, I gotta do that, and I gotta pray like them. And I, it's like, but, but whenever I got real with God, I, I, I didn't, I didn't have the, I didn't have the, um, the vibrato in my prayer. Oh God, you know what I'm saying? I didn't have any of that. I just sometimes, whenever it was really bad, it was just on my face, bawling my eyes out because I was struggling with guilt. And condemnation, and then I was said, "Oh God, please help me, help, help." And, and so from there, there was a dependence. Even in all of that dysfunction, I was learning how to slowly depend and trust. Slowly depend and trust upon the Lord. But in its simplest form, prayer is just simply conversation with the Lord. Prayer is also this seeking the presence. I talk about that all the time. But in in the book of um, in the book of Psalms, there's so many different times in Scripture. Where, where David talks about seeking the face of the Lord. And what does that mean to seek his presence? That means that throughout the day, 
there's just a simple awareness in my heart. When I go in to pray privately, because th- listen, it's not business. Jesus is telling them when he talks about the hypocritical people, they're standing on the street corners because it's business to them. It's not business. It's personal. You with me? So when, when, when I go into the presence of the Lord, I'm, there's a Christian priority, and it is. It's your Christian priority in Scripture, and it's listed as Matthew 6.33. I mean, if you probably know it. For many years, early, or excuse me, for many months in 2011, I would get up and I would, I would always pray early in the morning. But as I was walking and pacing in our kitchen, there on the oven, the, the, the time on the oven, it, it, I would always catch it just right. And it would say Matthew 6.33. And I would stop, see it, and I would just say, seek first the kingdom of God. And I would say, God, I'm choosing to seek first the kingdom of God. Your righteousness. I'm seeking you. The king's dominion. I'm seeking you first and foremost. I'm not seeking a feeling. I'm not seeking a position. I'm not seeking influence and favor. The most influential man in history never sought for influence. He sought intimacy. Jesus demonstrates us that. And even behind Jesus, I would say that David would be next. They sought intimacy. The into God, we begin to open up and see a realm we've never discovered before. That's why we say prayer is an uncharted territory. Many of you, you may have only discovered a small portion of it, but the longer you walk with God and build this history, the more he exposes you to more of his presence that creates a hunger. You're like, man, I love the way that felt. Now, we don't depend on feelings alone. I got it. But man, the joy, the comfort, the, the freedom that you feel when the presence You really understand when the scripture comes alive to you by the presence of God, what the liberty of God is. You find true freedom. Things that used to bother you two years, things that used to bother me back in 2011 that Pastor Philip, I wore his ear out about with guilt and shame and condemnation. I look back, I'm like, man, that's that's so much fun. And I'm like, but you have to grow. If you don't grow in this, first off is that you'll never mature. In, in, in scripture and in, in growing in your relationship with the Lord. But then the things, things will continue to bother you, the same things. And, and it's a cycle. It's almost like at one point, it was every year at the same time, the same thing would come up and just like terrorize my mind. Until finally, I got victory over that. And I don't know how to explain that to you other than I just kept building history with God. Right? So, and prayer is, the third thing is this. Uh, under prayer is, is it's just simply drawing near. Every time I come, you, you don't waste time with God, all right? God doesn't waste anything to begin with. Has anybody ever just learned that? I was talking to somebody, uh, uh, um, I was talking to Bryce earlier uh, before we came in, and we were just talking about that God literally doesn't waste anything. We were telling some of the, and so you're, you're, he may not cause, he doesn't cause some of the things that we walk through, I don't believe that, but he uses every one of them. Because he, he, he wants to, there's always something I can learn from everything, right? So as I draw near, that's what prayer, prayer is. Every time I pray, I'm drawing near. And you'll hear me talk about this often and, 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 uh, because that's what it is. There is just this supernatural love. You, you learn that I can love him because he first loved me. It's called intimacy. You learn this. I'm not saying we can actually manifest the agapeo love, that word that says it's just a love without ending and you, it's so deep and so wide and so great. But whenever, whenever you start building momentum in prayer and you start just consistency, so like every, you set a time. I'm going to go to scripture and say that it's pretty much morning time. 
It's the best part of your day. Because I, I think you just look throughout the scripture and, and they were always praying. Now, different ones prayed at different times and seasons. But, but for the most part, it was the morning time that they were giving that best time to God. But it, there's something about, if I could use Bob Sorge, his, his verbiage, the womb of the morning. That special time where it's just, everything's quiet. How many of you, just a side note, sorry, I'm fixing to shoot a rabbit real quick, so don't, don't, don't hate on me. How many of you have ever had a bird chirping outside your window at 9 o'clock at night? Am I the only one? That was a satanic attack. We had that on different occasions when we lived at, at the previous house. And I remember laying there and not like, this is, like, I, I'm, I'm literally going to lose my salvation over this. <laughs> So it's like, it's not time, go to bed, you know what I mean? So, but, but in that morning, there are no birds. Get up early enough where there's no birds chirping. And, and to get alone with the Lord and, and get some coffee, because coffee helps. Unless God's delivered you from caffeine, you know? I mean, I don't know what to tell you. But get alone with the Lord and, and just begin to start drawing near it because that, that, that's what prayer, prayer is, just simply drawing near. As I draw near to God, guess what? He will, he will come more over halfway to come closer to you. All he needs to see you do is step, and here he comes. And I, I love, there's another quote from someone that said that when you're feeling fire, be encouraged because that means he's coming to you. And there's been moments and times in prayer uh, or just simply in life that it feels like the heat of the moment is heating up and it's struggling because here's the deal about the fire. You understand that he's an all-consuming fire, and there's no fire hotter than him. He's an all-consuming fire, but fire was never meant, I've said this before, I'm going to say it again, fire was never meant to consume you. Fire was always meant to reveal who's with you. That's why you have to be in it. Through Hebrew children. They're thrown into a fire. Guess what it did? It revealed who's walking with them. And so that's what prayer is. Prayer is grabbing a hold of a holy flame, becoming consumed with that, so that when the fires of trials, so when the struggles of everything, because you're, you can be sure it's coming, that that fire can, he'll humble you. So he hates pride. He'll deal with the pride. So if you struggle with pride, he's fixing to come after it. Because God's, love, his, God's judgment is always aimed, hear what I'm about to tell you, it's always aimed at whatever interferes with love. He will judge it. So pride interferes. Haughty spirit interferes. Gossip slander interferes. Certain things that we struggle with interferes. Now, he has a way to bring the word into your life, into that prayer closet, to where the word of God will cut Right down to the quick, but it also is double-edged, so it heals as it cuts. Because that's the Word of God. The Word of God is a double-edged sword. Why is it a double-edged sword? Because it heals. It, it cuts and removes, and it hurts, but it also heals in the process. So that's what prayer is. It's that, and then you learn to crave that intimacy and that one-on-one, -on -one, and you'll fight to keep that protected. You can't get legalistic about it. Now, hear what I'm about to tell you, all right? You, you can't fall into the place of we're like, oh, I missed it today. Is it? Now, you need, to, you need to get it, okay? Don't get me wrong. But sometimes people will get so legalistic with their prayer lives and with their journey with the Lord that 
that like, well, I, I missed it today, and I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm just a, I'm a sinner. I'm a nasty old sinner. No, remember, you're a son, all right? You're a daughter. We make mistakes in that. But I'll tell you this. Um, well, I, I, I guess I'll, let me, th- let me throw that in, throw this in here. Whenever I come personally to pray, right now, you know, I was talking about our spiritual appetites in this season. Right now, the first thing that I do when I begin to pray is I make a cup of coffee first, <laughs> start there. All right, the next thing that I do is I'm in a season where I'm praying in the Holy Spirit for a, a, a certain amount of time. Because first off, is that begins to eliminate the I need this and I want this stuff because it's praying a perfect prayer unto the Lord. And it's also building my holy faith. That's what Jude says, building yourself up, you're most praying in the Holy Spirit. Um, and you have to stay attuned to that because it bypasses the mind and it's spirit, spirit to spirit praying. It's my spirit praying in the Holy Spirit to God the Father. So it's a, it, it's a period of time. And as I come out of that moment, then I flow into what I call, there is a, there is this, um, there's protocol of, of the presence of, of the Lord. David lays that out for us. And what does that look like? Protocol into the presence of God is, is um, um, you enter his gates. Anytime I'm meeting with God, enter his gates with thanksgiving. All right, so that's why I always tell us in service, hey, five to seven things that you can say. Hey, God, thank you for this. Thank you for this. God, thank you. Thank you for providing me. Thank you for the prayers that you answered that I didn't think you answered, but you, you, you answered them. Thank you for the protection. I didn't even know you protected me in today. Whatever it is, but you're thanking him. You're, I'm, I'm going through a list, and I'm not just, it's not just vain and repetition, but it's an honest from my heart, thank you for life. Thank you. For, it, it's, it's thanksgiving. And then I shift that into praise, and I'm declaring who he is. God, I praise you because you are my provider, and I, you know, so you, you, you flow in those moments. Um, but, but, it, but that's the protocol into the presence of God. And so you cultivate that, all right? So right out of, right out of that, right out of the gate, for whatever it may be. And then I, I personally have, I have always done this from time to time, but more even so now, is I always tell the Holy Spirit, hey, Holy Spirit, um, will you lead me in prayer? I need you to lead this time. First off, as a son or as a daughter, you have to be continually led by the Spirit of God. Well, he leads me in everything. That means he's leading me spiritually. He's leading me mentally and emotionally. He's leading me relationally. So some of you that, that you're tied to friendships that you've never prayed over, you need to pray into those. God, surround me with people that I need to, Holy Spirit, lead, and I'll pray into that. Lead me into my financial ventures. Lead me into whatever it may be. But you ask the Holy Spirit to lead you, and you follow the impressions. Because he'll lead you. He'll speak as you're praying. A thought will come. Boom, you start praying into that. So that's how you do it. But you have to invite Holy Spirit to direct your heart for impressions and thoughts and things of that nature. But again, let me, let me work down this. Prayer is simply about growing. Growing in intimacy. It's just that developing and growing. So that's the first thing. The second thing, prayer is about building history. I've been talking about that. And I want to use this quote. It's not original to me, but I believe in it. But, but prayer is about building history with God. And so if you build history and time with God, he will let his story flow through your life. So it's all about building history. So his story flows out of you and it touches generations and not just stops with you. Prayer is about learning and discerning his voice. How many of us would say, I struggle to hear the voice of God? 
that you'd be honest and say, I do. Um, I'm going to tell you that I do from time to time. There's seasons, and, and, and I have to be careful uh, how. And so if I don't know what to pray, I'm praying in the Holy Spirit because I'm not as smart as some of you, and you've got it all figured out. So i got to pray in the Holy Ghost. So, but I'll, I've got to learn. And prayer is the place where you, you, you learn his voice. But then you've got to learn discernment. And, and uh, if I could take just a moment on this, uh, discernment, you, do, does anybody know what discernment is? Do you understand what I'm talking about when I say discernment? A lot of you, we don't, I don't want to assume. Discernment is um, when, and it can't become suspicion. Discernment is a spiritual, if there's a general gift of discernment that I get simply from reading scripture. As I read scripture and as I build history with God and time and prayer, there are things you'll get around people and it's like certain ones you're like, man, something's off there, but I don't know what it is. You know what I'm saying? You ever felt that? Like something's off, but I can't put my finger on it. And it's not becoming suspicious. And like, I can't believe, can you? Something's way off with that person. You know, okay, everybody understands that, but we don't want to be so overt and start gossiping about them, you know? But something's off. God, show me what it is. Or you've met those people like, man, have you ever just, they, 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 they've got the sweetest spirit. There's just, you, you, it's, a, it's a knowing in your knower something's off or something's great. All right? It's a, it, it, because you're bearing witness. Or then again, you're not bearing witness. Um, maybe it's through a prophetic word, but I, here's, here's four voices. Listen to me. Here's four voices that, uh, um, that, that this is for all of us that, that will speak to you. The first one is the voice of God. Most of the time, the voice of God comes in the still small voice as he spoke with Elijah. That's how he speaks with me. I've never heard, I've never heard a, um, an audible voice of God. I've had one dream, and Brother Jim just said it, and it's really stuck to my spirit. It was one morning I woke up. Literally, it's crazy. I woke up and I saw uh, Acts 16 and 9 flash right before my eyes. Well, that's the Macedonian call. So I'm going to tell my, okay, God, please tell me what this means. I've been seeking for this since 2012, and I don't know what it means. So anyway, but sometimes he speaks in that way because God's language, his first language is not English, okay? You got me? He speaks to us in so many different ways. Dreams, visions, audible voice, uh, the, the still small voice, the, 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 the wounds of a friend, faithful of the wounds of a friend. He'll speak through a friend. So he speaks in many different ways. He can speak through colors, languages. He uses creation right now that he's speaking to us. Romans 1.20, that he exists and he's alive and he's real and he's still in control. Regardless of what everybody thinks, it's funny. It's like, can I say this? Our nation and those sitting in the powers that be, it, we're a log floating down the river, and it's just like a bunch of ants, and every one of them think they're in charge. They have no control of where we're going. That's Cotton Ivy, by the way. That's a good quote by him. And God is just sitting there like, <laughs> I cannot believe this. People that sit, in, and I understand, but that's kind of the way that it goes in any format, because God is ultimately, is he not in control? Is he not? Okay. All right. So that's what I believe. Um, but, but prayer in, in its simplest setting, prayer is a place of where when I come in before him and I start building that history, learning and discerning the voice of God, I'll hear, I'll hear God speaking to me, but then ours will speak to ourselves and we'll make God say some things that he never said, all right? So when you go in to pray, you've got to have a true heart, hear me, you've got to have a true heart of purity. And that, God, I don't want to make you say anything. If I'm praying about it, I don't want to just pray because I need an answer for a job, right, or a relationship. Don't do that. 
like build it beforehand. Again, that's kind of like God's a, a cosmic Santa Claus or a vending machine. Like, well, I just need something. Boop, boop, boop. Oh, yeah, I got it right here. You know, that's not how he works, right? He's not a microwave. God answers according to when his timing, and he has a plan and a will. And he'll let you pitch your fit. And when, and when you're done, and you finally have somebody come around and slap you around a little bit, get you back into your sense, you'll come back, God, I'm so sorry. I Because I've been there. I'm that guy. I've done it. So our voice will speak. The next thing is this, is the angels of God will speak to you. They've been sent to minister to you. And I can tell you times, even most recent, where I have had the, un, the most. Now, it's, I'm not, I understand why every time one showed up, they said, don't fear. Do not fear. Because I'm just telling you, I've been in some times in prayer that I did not want to turn around and look the other way because I didn't know what was standing behind me. I, I mean, it, I, I wasn't scared like there's a demonic spirit in the room, okay? So don't think I'm weird, but I have been in those moments. But most of the time, when I sensed that, there was this, there was this, this righteous boldness that rises up and says, no, nah, you're not doing that in this moment. You got to get out of this house, or you got to get out of this moment. You got to get out of that person. <laughs> it happens. Um, but the angels of the Lord will show up to minister to you. And most recently, there was a time, I was praying, and... Uh, I, I, I felt, it, it, was a, it was holy, but I felt an overwhelming presence, and it, it was the presence of God, but it was different. I don't know, this is probably, let's not podcast this, people will think I'm weird, um, but I knew that the angels of God was in the room. I know they're always around us, because they're encamped around those that fear, I mean, Israel, but also those who fear the Lord, and so I, I, I was praying, and uh, I just stopped, and I, I, I heard in my spirit, We've come to minister to you. And then the scripture hit me. What happened to Jesus after he was tempted? The scripture says that the angels came and ministered to him. So I stopped. I put my hands out, and I just received. God, I don't know what they're here doing, but I received their ministry right now because I'm an heir of salvation, and they're here to minister to me. So there's scripture tied to that. So I acknowledge that there are angels that come to speak to us at times, all right, and minister to us. And the last thing are evil spirits. Evil spirits, yes, they're real. They're, they're may, they may not be under every rock, but probably under every other rock. <laughs> there's a lot of them. If a third fell, that means there's two-thirds more than there are, right? So we're in good shape. But they'll speak as well. So that's why we need to know Scripture. So that when somebody comes to us and says, I got a word for you, and that word starts off and begins to go off down this trail, and you don't bear witness, you're not discerning, you stop it, and you don't receive it. I'm telling you, you don't receive those. I don't receive that. Thank you for uh, whatever. And you can feel, where's, their heart, where's your heart going? So the, the learning and discerning the voice of God, learning his heart. Uh, the next thing is that prayer is about is it's about beholding. Uh, Psalm 27.4, this is a great scripture. We all have to learn how to behold the face of God. David said it right here in scripture in Psalms 27 and 4. He says, one thing... He didn't say these thousand, just like Apostle Paul said. He said, this one thing I have asked from the Lord, and that I will seek, that I would dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold, to look upon, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire and meditate in this temple. And so David said, the only thing I want is to spend time with you and behold. So when I pray, I'm coming to behold God. Why? Because now, not only do I behold him, I have to become like the one that I pray to and worship. 
Right, so the next next thing that prayer is about, it's about or beholding, but also becoming, becoming like the one we worship. You become like what you worship. So if you if you worship your job, you're going to you're going to become like your job. You're going to talk your job. It's the only thing that flows out of your life. You become like the one you worship. If if mammon money is your main focus, you're gonna you'll become like that. Everything will rise and fall on your bank account. Are y'all thinking? Are you tired? School started back. What, what do you worship? You're becoming like that. Do you worship politics? Because you're going to become like that. God help us. Right? You become like that. Romans 12. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it just simply talks about. You've read the scripture. Um, Paul is talking about present your bodies holy acceptable. But, but verse 2 is the one. Go to verse 2 if you would, Lynn. Uh, we've heard this before, and do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you'll have a discernment to prove what God's will is. That's the only way you can find the will of God in that whole process. But you become what you consume. I'm becoming this. I, I, I want to be, be cut. If I'm cut by the world system and I'm bumped by the systems of, of that I'm around, then, I, then I, I, this flows out of me. So when I pray, I become like the one that I, that I long to worship. AJ, if you would, come. Um, the next thing is this, is that prayer, and I mentioned this a little bit ago, and I'm not going to dive deep into this, but I'm giving you a format of simple for you to know. Prayer should always have, first thing is thanksgiving. I mentioned this, but here's the, the prayer of Jesus. Jesus said, hallowed be your name. What does that word mean? It means that your name is sacred. That means that, that I, I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give thanks to you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to worship you. That means that your, your name is forever separated and kept separate from a world system. I, hallowing the name, it's the fear of the Lord. It's the awe and the reverence and the respect. So when I pray, people, sometimes we can get so nonchalant with prayer and think, well, I'm just familiar. No, 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 no. Don't get familiar don't get familiar with God. I, I know that sounds wild because although he's my father and he's my friend, this sticks closer than the brother. Guess what? He's holy. What does that mean? That means he's unlike any other. I can't, play, I can't take God and fit him into a, a humanistic mindset. I can't because he's holy and he's God. So I have to revere him. I fear him. I have, a, I have to have a healthy fear of the Lord. And as Solomon said, I have to choose the fear of the Lord. It's not something that just comes. I make the choice to fear him. So that means that I put him in its rightful place in every facet of my life. And, and let me say this. Some people view it differently, but I don't. I, I don't think it's God first, family second, and everything else third. I believe it's God first, and there is no close second. Because God is in everything I do. He's not separate. Well, God's up here in my family. No, no, no. God needs to be in my family, and God needs to be in my career. God needs to be in my decisions. He needs to be in this. He needs to be in my relationships. He's everywhere with me at all times because I'm consumed by him. I don't compartmentalize God. So prayer puts him in his rightful place, and he becomes holy. So don't become familiar with this God that you barely know. Hear me. Do not become familiar with God that you don't even barely know. I said it Sunday and I'll say it again. In a million years, we'll be standing in eternity. I'm, I mean, I feel this so strong. And we're going to be, if I could even figure out, like I don't even know if these paintings of Jesus are real. But we're going to be looking at him. 
And he's going to be so beautiful, so perfect. We're going to see the nail-scarred hands. This is what, by the way, this is what brings me into prayer sometimes, is I'll just get locked in on the throne room scene that's taking place right now. And in a, I'm thinking, God, in a million years, I'll look back on August the 9th on a Wednesday night, and I can't remember what I taught, but in a million years, we're going to be looking at you. And so all the focus is completely on you. And we're going to see your nail-scarred hands. But Revelation says, and read this when you pray, but Revelation says that your, your head and your hair are white like wool. Your eyes are a blaze of fire. And I believe that's what purifies us. And his feet burnished bronze. He has a white robe and a gold sash. And his vestures dipped in blood. And it speaks of the victories that he's had for me. And, and we're going to look upon him. And there's only one... There's four scars in heaven, hands and feet of Jesus, and that's it. There are no wounds. There are no scars from us. We've been completely transformed. Only he bears those. And so I look at him, and in a million years, that's what we're going to be looking at, and he's going to be just as beautiful and more because we've never seen this. He's so infinite. God is so infinite. He never ends. So that produces praise in my prayer time. The last thing, just a couple of things, is that this is a, a thing. And as you come out of that, hallowed be your name, you flow into repentance. I believe every one of us needs to be good repenters. Repenting of your sins, but also changing the way that you think so that you can see the kingdom manifest. My prayer consists of, if, if, if the Christian priority in the New Testament is seek first the kingdom of God, then we need to know how to repent so, so the kingdom of God can come. You change the way that you think so that everything that you see begins to look like kingdom. God, I want to see the kingdom come in my marriage. I want to see the kingdom manifest in my calling. And because every one of us are called to whatever we're doing right now. Stand to your feet if you would. So, and, and here's the last thing. I mentioned this a while ago, but prayer should always have that time of repentance, but it all should always have um, a listening and a speaking. Psalm 5:3. For all of you struggle to get up early in the morning, people. I can't take shots. I'll pay for that later. It won't be subtle, I'm sure. Um, in the morning, in the morning, Lord. <laughs> in the morning, Lord, you will hear my voice. So I speak. I don't get quiet. I pray. I speak. Be verbal. Let it be audible. Let it be heard. In the morning, Lord, you will hear my voice. In the morning, I will present my prayer to you. In other words, I'm going to present petitions to you. I'm going to let them come to you. And then not only do I speak, but I also have to listen for what he says. That's why I carry a journal. That's why I don't carry. It can be a, it can be a, a yellow legal pad. I used that for a long time, whatever it may be. Because Jeremiah 33.3, this is one of my favorite verses. Call to me. And I will answer and tell you. So God's going to speak great and mighty things that you don't even know yet. Hasn't even entered into your heart. So as you call to me, listen, because I'm going to speak. So when you speak to God, you have to learn to listen. Some of us like to talk a lot. So that's going to be a challenge for you. You're going to have to close your mouth and open your heart. How many times in Scripture did Jesus say, he who has an ear... Let him hear what the Spirit is saying. Let him have ears to hear. So we have to listen. And this is a discipline. 
you're not going from, maybe you can, you're not going to go from not having a prayer life to in the morning you're going to set the alarm clock for 5.30, get up, grab your coffee, and then, and then go right into a, start it somewhere simplistic, but I'm telling you, my prayer for our church and for our campus is that we would have a praying church, that people are, are, are committed, they're disciplined, because prayer always starts as a discipline but eventually it becomes a delight it will i'm telling you i know that sounds crazy and you'll start you'll go from 10 minutes it'll go to 20 minutes and then it'll build itself to 30 minutes and then you'll look up and it's been an hour and you're like man and some days it is a struggle but you build that time jesus said could you not tarry one hour could you not tarry could you not tarry with me so I think there's something powerful around the 60-minute mark. I'm not saying it has to be right on the dot, but set a time and just say, phone's going off. I'm taking off all the devices of all of my, I'm silencing all notifications, and I'm committing this hour, God. I'm coming to you. I'm going to flow right through the process. That's where it starts. I want to... um, I want to pray, and prayer team, get ready as well at the end as we dismiss. Uh, I want you, for those of you that need prayer for any specific need, I want the prayer team to come up, and if the prayer team might have a specific word for you, so I want you all to be ready for that. But uh, I'm, I'm just challenging you during this month of prayer uh, that, that you spend that time, carve that time out, make it completely for God alone, okay? Let me pray over you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray over this campus. I pray over these people that tonight. Lord, um, God, we understand there's a harvest. And the way, although I love when we gather and we pray together in a corporate room, God, you're building people. The process happens when they're at home by themselves and they get up. So I pray, Father, that they would discern clearly the voice of the Lord speaking to them. First off is that a lot of times you'll affirm to to us our worth and you'll speak to us about how much that you love us. As simple as that sounds, that's you. So, God, I thank you for as they carve this time out, I pray for, I don't even know if this is legit in this regard, but I pray for a spirit of discipline upon our people that we are disciplined, we're committed. I pray for that heart of commitment before you in the secret place of prayer that we're shutting out the world and we're coming to get along with you one-on-one and that all of a sudden as we build history, great things are unlocked. And as we come together and gather in this room, there is just an immeasurable uh, increase of the presence of God, even as Jesus talked about in Scripture, that it rested upon him without measure, that it'll rest upon us. So I'm praying, God, for, for us in this room. And I pray, Father, I pray for divine appointments, for the salvation of the lost around us. In the name of Jesus, let it be done. In Jesus' name. Prayer team, you can come on at this time. Um, as you're leaving out tonight, just a reminder to you, as you're going out those doors, there is a, a stand, a card stand there that has uh, invite cards, but it also has acts of kindness cards. So when you're in the community, um, if you want to cover somebody's meal, you've been blessed, so be a blessing to somebody else. Um, grab some of those. Invite somebody to come with you and be in church with you this weekend. Um, but anyway, God bless you. Have a great rest of the week. You're dismissed. If you need prayer, come and let them pray over you tonight.